don't have to be a guest any longer. Amen. This is a place you are to come every church service. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And um, we're glad to see every one of you here today, all of our visitors that are here. Some of you are a direct response from the activities yesterday. I know you have children outside, and uh, they're going to have a drawing for some prizes. All of those toys that they had uh, gathered up, I think it's over $500 worth of toys. They're going to be given away here shortly. And uh, so if you have children and they have tickets, make sure that they're outside at the drawing by about 1130. And so that's when they're going to do that. Good to see Brother Michael and his family here, Sister Lee and their family. Glad to have them here with us and um, in the house of the Lord today. We want to uh, have special prayer today. Uh, Sister Tasha, which is um, my nephew's wife, is uh, having some trouble, and she's in the hospital today. She's been in the hospital. I made mention of this a few couple weeks ago, but they're unable to find out what's going on with her, and uh, we pray that God would perform a miracle for her and uh, touch her today. Also, Brother Thompson, Brother Tim Thompson, um, found out, I guess, this week that he had a mass uh, in his colon, and they have said it was cancer, and they're going to take it out tomorrow. And uh, let's pray that everything will go well with that, that they'll get all of it, said if they feel like, feel comfortable with it, he will not have to have chemo. So we pray that God would take care of that situation. Amen. I still know a God that's bigger than cancer. Amen. Amen. We will be out of town. We're leaving tomorrow afternoon about 3.30 and uh, going to uh, California. And uh, I will be preaching out there Friday night at a a conference. And uh, then I'll be preaching for Brother White, Phil White, Sunday morning and Sunday night. I ask you for your prayers. I need the help of God. And um, I am honored that someone would want me to come preach and uh, to especially be able to speak to a a, uh, large group of people. And I am honored at that. I'm amazed along with you that anybody would want me to do that. But I do need the help of God. And I pray that you would be praying for me. So about, about I think it will be somewhere around uh, 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the evening uh, here. I believe it would, no, we would be earlier out there. So, so we'll be two hours early. So church starts about 7 o'clock. So y'all be praying for me Friday night, especially that the Lord would help me. And uh, the deal with this is it's not only people there, but it's a lot of preachers there. And preachers are, are, they like to critique everything that another preacher has to say. And so, so y'all pray that the Lord will help me. And uh, I feel, I feel like I have a word from the Lord. And I just need God's help to uh, be able to deliver that. So be praying for me Friday. And I pray at the Lord to give us a safe trip. Brother Duplessis will be here preaching Wednesday and then again Sunday morning and Sunday night. And so don't y'all preaching down Sunday morning where he can preach Sunday night. 
And uh, so uh, be faithful to the house of the Lord. Also tonight we have a special treat. It'll be a treat for all of us. I've never met this young man. Uh, I've met his daddy. And uh, his, his, his daddy and his grandpa are well known. And uh, Brother Shoemake will be here preaching for us tonight. And uh, he is from California and uh, a young man. And so we're looking forward to a great move of the Holy Ghost. So be faithful to the house of God tonight. Let's be here early for prayer, seeking the face of the Lord, and let's see God do something great for us. If you're a visitor tonight, come back tonight, or today, come back tonight. We're going to have a great time in the Lord again. If you have your Bibles, let's stand, let's turn to Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to go back uh, to what I was uh, preaching about last Sunday morning. And uh, we're going to cover some more things along with this. And uh, so see what the Lord would do for us today. Now, the crowd is smaller uh, due to the fact that a lot of people are outside. And uh, so I need everybody's help today. How many is going to help me preach this morning? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. The Bible says, No man can serve two masters. Amen. Everybody say that with me. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, skipping to verse number 32, there's some things that was said. That's the reason why uh, I'm skipping down. And so we missed some of that content that was there. So it kind of loses some of its appeal. But I did not want to read all of that. But the Bible says, For after all these things, Jesus was making, uh, or the, the Word of God was making reference to some of the things that the Gentiles were seeking said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Then he says, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. So your heavenly Father knows your need. But seek ye first. Everybody said, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added Unto you, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things, all of these things, all of these things shall be added unto you. Lord bless you for standing. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands, lift our voice and ask God to help us today. God We're depending on You. We need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Use me and the Holy Ghost to help someone through the anointing of Your Word, God. Open our minds, our hearts, our spirits to the understanding and knowledge of Your Word. Touch us today, God. Change us today, God. Help us, Lord, to be what You would have us to be. Everybody said, Amen. Now clap your hands unto the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Lord bless you, you may be seated. Last week we talked about this. I'm going to touch on some things that uh, we went over just to jog your memory a little bit. 
there's some things about preaching uh, that you can do. You can uh, preach the same thing about every week and not too many people would even notice. And uh, But <clears throat> some things that we talked about, the main thing that we're talking about today is seeking God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and uh, His righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. The importance of what is number one in our lives. It does matter what we have as number one. The number one priority in your life cannot be self. There's a lot of selfish people in the world today, but your number one priority cannot be yourself. Your number one priority, even though that we hold them very dearly and we love them very much and we spend a lot of time uh, trying to help them and protect them, the number one priority in life is not your children. It's certainly not your job. It's not what you have or hold or possess in your hands in this world, but your number one priority in life must be God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all of these things will be added unto you. But first you have to seek God. And uh, so that's where we started. We talked about our relationship, how our relationship, husband and wife relationship, that is still male and female, husband and wife relationship, is a mirror image of our relationship with God. We are no longer two, but we become one. And uh, so we, we dealt with that a lot, and I've been kind of stuck on that for the last uh, few weeks, and I'm going to try to get away from that today if the Lord would let me. But if He don't, we'll be talking about that some more. And uh, then we talked, we went from things that separate us from God. Things that would come between us and God. Romans chapter 8, the Bible talks about who shall separate us from the love of God. It lets us know that there are things that is able to separate us from the love of God. And uh, so it starts mentioning some things. Shall tribulation, our distress, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our peril, our sword, as it is written, for thy sake... We are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And uh, so these are things. Tribulation, problems in life, distresses, things that were unexpected, persecution, people making fun of you about your convictions and your commitment to God, our famine, not having enough, not only just in food to eat, but enough in life resources nakedness when you don't have clothes to put on your back, peril, just troubled times, are sword. When someone even tries to take your life uh, because you believe in Christ. Now, we can't imagine that living where we are today in the great United States of America. But there are today people that are sacrificing their life because of their commitment to Christ. Thank God I'm an American. Thank God I was born in America. 
in all of its heartache, in all of its trouble, in all the things that we might not like, that it does not do right, it's still absolutely the best, without a doubt, hands down, best place in the world to live. Besides that, living in the great country of, I mean, the state of Texas. Oh, I know that breaks Brother Michael's heart, but he knows it's right anyway. Amen. God delivered me from Arkansas, and he done some bad things in his life, and he had to go there. <laughs> but living in Texas, my goodness gracious, what could be better? Only one step above that, and that's the glory world. And uh, so it talks about this. Then it goes and it says, I am persuaded. The Apostle Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Some people get too low to serve God. Some people get too high to serve God. Some people don't have enough money, so they get angry at God. Some people have too much money, and they don't need God. So whatever walk of life and whatever state that you are in, the devil is always offering an excuse or a problem or a conflict to come between you and God, where you would put something before God. But the Bible still says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. Then we talked about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, the Bible says in Luke chapter 18, it tells a story about how he came to Jesus. And he asked and he said, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and he quoted the commandments and he said, keep these commandments. The rich young ruler was excited because he was a righteous man. He lived a righteous life. And he said, all of these things have I kept from my youth up. But Jesus seen past the facade and he seen past what he was putting on. And I want to tell you today, your dress does not save you. Amen. The way that you conduct yourself will not save you. You conduct yourself because you have been saved. Amen. You have been changed. You have been washed. And I want to tell you, far beyond the way you look on the outside, it matters what you look like on the inside to God. Amen. You can clean up the outside and do everything right on the outside and be full of dead man's bones, the Bible says. But God, start on the inside of me. Cleanse me and wash me. Mold me and make me in thy will and in thy way. Amen. And I believe in separation from the world and this ungodly world system, but I first believe that it has to start on the inside of the soul of man, and then it works its way to the outside. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. So this man, he started on the outside. He had the outside right. And I believe that he truly loved the things of God. He loved the law of God. 
And uh, he was partially committed. He was committed to the law without a doubt. But Jesus saw on the inside of him and he said, Yet lackest thou one thing. And he tells him, Go and sell that that thou hast and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasures. Come and follow me. And thou shalt have treasures in heaven. Now, that hit him hard. Because it was not the wealth that he had, but it was what he loved most of all. Riches will not send you to hell, but the love for those things will. And you can't love your job, you can't love your car, you can't love your home, you can't love the activities of this world more than you love God. God's got to be far above all of these things. Now, we hear nothing else about this man other than he turned around and he walked away sorrowfully, the Bible says, because he had great possessions. And what what he possessed was actually possessing him. Now, be careful that when we are living in this wonderful place that we have to live with the opportunity to succeed in life, that we do not let our possessions possess us. Don't become a slave because you've got to have more. You have to work so much overtime and miss so many activities with your family and with God that you are taking care of the things that you think you have to have in life. And what has happened is your possessions are no longer your possessions, but you are a possession of your possessions. Amen. You become a, a slave to the things that you have. So we talked about these things. And then I want to, I want to go back to the Word of God. And uh, look again at Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33. The Bible said that there is some importance to seeking first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It does matter what the layout is. It does matter in what order You are trying to succeed. Some of you are dying and wondering, why am I dying? Why is a spiritual man dying? But the problem is, see, that God speaks to you and God talks to you through the Word of God. God still chose by the foolishness of preaching to save those. Amen. So God is speaking to you in services that you Fail to show up. Amen. And so we wonder why we having problems. Church attendance is extremely important. Amen. It is of an extreme necessity. It is of the utmost of importance to be faithful to the house of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, 
as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the coming of the Lord. That's what day that we see approaching. And all the signs are pointing toward the coming of the Lord. Every news article is pointing toward the coming of the Lord. Every tragedy that is happening in the world today is pointing toward the coming of the Lord. Matthew chapter 24 tells us that there will be earthquakes, there will be pestilence, that is diseases, unknown diseases, diseases racking people's body, diseases that are unable to be cured. There will be earthquakes, there will be famine, there will be all of these things coming. People forget God. People don't want to retain God in their knowledge. Amen. This Bible has become offensive to people when it is the only way to our salvation. Amen. That's the world that we are living in today. We are living in the end time. And so living in this end time, we should never forsake The assembling of ourselves together. There's a lot of people that's cutting out services. A lot of people doing away with times of worship. But I want to tell you, we need to be in the house of the Lord. We need to be faithful to the house of God. Church is important. Amen. We miss church for some of the most unbelievable reasons in the world. We can run all over the place the next day, but it's something how sick we are at church time. The devil will give you an excuse to miss the house of God. Because the devil is so smart in knowing that you're going to find strength, you're going to find hope, you're going to find help. Where are you going to find it at? Not in the world, not at Walmart, not at the mall, not at the restaurant, but you're going to find it in the house of God. So the devil knows that if he can give you an excuse to stay out of church, a sniffle, a cold, an ache, a pain, company coming by at just the wrong time that would keep you out of the house of God. I want to tell you what would, what would impress your, your children and your kinfolks more than anything is if they show up at church time and say, hey, you know, it's church night. I'm sorry. You are welcome to go and I would love to carry you with me. But if not, you hang around here and I'll be here when church is over. Oh, praise God. But you see, as we see the day approaching, we are looking for excuses. I got a flat on my car, so I can't make it to church. Do like you'd do if you was going to work. Go out there and change it and go to church. Do like you was doing if you was going to, to the lake. Go out there and change it and go on to church. Do like you was doing if you was going to the hunting lease. Go out there and change it. You don't let something like that keep you from having a good time. Neither should we allow frivolous things to keep us away from the house of God. But you know what happens is, it's not that God has lost His power. It's not that God has lost His love. It's not that the church has lost anything. But it happens here. We have lost our love and our commitment of seeking God first. Amen. 
Amen. There must be something in our spirit that connects with the power and the glory of God that I must seek the house of God first. We want the things instead of the things that gives us the things. Amen. Church is so important. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse number 5, And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony to those things which were to be spoken after. Moses, Moses, the man of God, the leader of the Israelites, the one that took them over the Red Sea, that led them out of captivity. He was faithful in all of his house for a testimony. What a testimony he had. That all the things that he'd done, he said he was faithful. I want to tell you the Bible says he does not comment on everything that those gain that he gave the talents. But he comments in this way. Those who produced more, he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done. Not because you got five more. Not because you got three more. Not because you got two more. But because you were a faithful servant. I want to tell you today, church, what's going to matter is not the car you drive or the house that you live in or the job that you work on or your title on the job that you work on. But what is going to matter is when you get up there, you hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. A good and faithful servant. I want to talk to you about David today. David remembered what he was before he was anointed. But you look at some of the things that David did before he was anointed. Number one, he was a man that sought after God. He was a man that sought after God. He could hear the voice of God. Number two, he was a faithful man. When all the other sons of Jesse were there ready to be found at the beckoning call, they were somewhere close to the house. And Samuel comes in and he says, that's not the one. That's not the one. But I know that God sent me to Jesse's house. And he looks and he says, do you have any other sons? He said, yeah. I said, I got one. He said, he's over tending to the sheep. He was faithful over what his father had put him over. Long before he was, he was able to be anointed king, he was learning a lesson of how to take care of the sheep. Some people want to be elevated before they realize the importance of faithfulness. Give me a job at teaching Sunday school. Give me a job at leading service. Give me a job 
at doing this or doing that where I will be recognized and I will be elevated when they fail to realize that you must be faithful first. Amen. That's the thing I try to encourage of those who sing, those who God has got His hand on. I feel like there's some young people that God has got a call upon their life. But the first thing they've got to understand is you've got to be faithful. It's not an up and down relationship with God. I don't care how good you can do something if you can't be faithful when nobody's watching. Amen. Nobody was out there to pat old David on the back and say, Man, you sure can sing to the sheep. Before he was singing to the king, he was singing to the sheep. Before he was in the palace, he was on the side of the hill somewhere. Writing love songs to God. We all look at the palace. Man, he was singing before Saul. He was put up front. He was elevated. He was on his way to the throne. But before he had any idea about the throne, it was just a commitment to God. It was just that he was in love with God. It was just that he wanted to serve God. Why don't we as a people and the children of God just fall in love with God? It don't matter if I'm called on to sing. It don't matter if I testify. It don't matter if I'm put up front. It don't matter if I ever get on the platform. God, I'm just in love with you. I just want to serve you. I just want to put you first. I want you to be number one in my life. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be what you want me to be. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Some seek the anointing before they get the commitment. If I would ever get anointed, if I could ever feel God, if I could ever do this or if I could do that, man, I'd make a dedication to God. No, you wouldn't because it wouldn't mean anything to you. You see what happened, what happened in Saul's life. Saul got anointed without ever being prepared. He was looking for a couple of lost donkeys. And God said, pick him right there. That's the man, Samuel. And he anointed him. Now there was good qualities in Saul. Saul was a good king for a period of time until it, you know, things kind of catch up with you. Your character catches up with you. Oh, your honesty and dishonesty catches up with you. Your way of business catches up with you. Your way of operating catches up with you. That's the reason why the safest one to deal with should be a Christian. And if you're not safe in business, something is wrong with your Christianity. Well, praise God. If you're not honest with the boss man that you work with on how much you work and how much time you turn in, there's a problem with your commitment and your honesty with God. 
Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. See, God sees these things. God understands these things. And so here we have Saul being elevated without ever learning the importance of commitment. It worked good for a while. But Saul got lifted up in his own eyes. Amen. But David sought the Lord before he sought after the anointing. You never, you never hear of David, God, God, let me be king. God, I want to be king one day. I know I'm tending to these sheep, God, but I want to, nothing said about that. When David comes in, he's a, he's a, Boy, just just a young man as he walks before Samuel and the all of the anointing was poured upon him. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Amen. The, the anointing, the power, the glory of God came upon him. But before it ever came upon him, God had him on the backside of a hill saying, Show me your commitment. Show me your desire. I want to tell you what's keeping some of you from being what God wants you to be. It's not that God has a place for you, but God is waiting on you to say, Hey, God, I'm going to show you my commitment. Amen. Some of you, God can't bless because God can't trust. But I want to tell you, you need to come to the understanding and the realization, God, I'm going to show you my commitment to you. Somebody, some, some people want a million dollars. When you can't pay tithe on $500. How can God trust you to give Him the offering with the million when you can't give Him the offering with five? There is a commitment that goes along with being elevated in the kingdom of God. As people look at the ministry, they look at the pulpit side of the ministry. Some people look at what the ministry lives in and what they drive, and that just frustrates them. That just bothers them. They look at the clothes that someone would have on, and I just don't understand that. Well, I want to tell you today, Jesus didn't wear cheap clothes. You say, oh yeah, oh yeah, he was, he was a lowly man. He wasn't, he wasn't flamboyant. But his clothes was worth enough that the Roman soldiers was gambling over his robe. It wasn't just a cheap five and dime hand me down. It was something special. I want to tell you today, you see all of that part, but you don't see the commitment. You didn't see Brother Duplissy when he was a 17-year-old kid making commitments and dedication and consecration to God. 
You see the end result. You see where God has elevated him to. But you don't see those days of commitment. I want to tell you today, church, if you want to be used of God, and you want to be the saint of God that you want God to use you, and you want to be elevated to that place in your life, you need to get your eyes off of the things around you and get focused back on the kingdom of God. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about them. It's not about my brother. It's not about my sister. But it's all about God. Some of you, it bothers you and you might say, oh, you was born into, you was born into this. No, God called me into this. I was blessed when I was born. I was blessed in a good man and a good woman's home that learned the value of dedication and submitting to God. My daddy submitted his way to God when he was 15 years old. He sought after the will of God. He started building a church in Stuttgart before his 18th birthday. And stayed there for 42 years. Amen. That blessing has transferred not because of anything that I have deserved, but because your blessings and your commitment and your faithfulness to God, the Bible said, will go from generation to generation to generation to generation. Why don't you get your eyes off of people that disturb you and get your eyes on God where maybe my kids will have a better opportunity. Maybe I can be faithful to God. Maybe I can do something for God. Maybe I can work for God and God bless my entire family. Instead of bringing a curse upon your family, practice bringing the blessings of God upon them. Instead of bringing rebellion upon your family, bring the blessings of God. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I'm 40, 40 miles out to sea and done hit a stump. Some of you don't like it, but it's true anyway. Amen. Some of you like it, and I appreciate you liking it. Praise God. But David, David sought after God before he ever thought about the anointing. He committed to God, and God anointed him. David never forgot the feeling of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He never forgot that feeling. That's what the oil was. It was a type of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's, he never forgot that. The reason why I know that he never forgot that, even after David was elevated into leadership positions, you find David that was in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was already in Bethlehem. That David longed and said, Oh, that I had a drink from the well of the water of Bethlehem, that well that is by the gate. And two mighty men fought through enemy lines. They thought it was the water that David was seeking after, but it was not the water at all. 
It was the remembrance of the anointing of the oil of God that ran over him the day that Samuel anointed him to be king. Just let me feel that feeling one more time, God. I want to tell you there's something about when the devil has been chasing you and the devil's had your back against the wall and the devil's been telling you who you are and what you're going to be and how big a failure you're going to become that when you remember the house of God, if I could just get back there, if I could feel that Sunday feeling again, if I could, if I could just feel the presence of God again, I know I would be all right. I know I'd make it. I know everything's going to be okay. Why? Because you remember the anointing, the power, the glory of God. Amen. David becomes king. And he is serving as king. His desire was to bring back the ark of the Lord to the city of David. He had a desire. He longed for that opportunity. He wanted to build the temple, but was unable to build it. But what God did allow him to do was to bring back the ark. What was the ark a representation of? The ark was a representation of the power and the glory of God. The ark was a representation of the power like we would represent the Holy Ghost today. It was in the holiest of holies. Now, the whole kingship of Saul, the ark of God, was taken into captivity. And it dwelled in a house of just a common man. And everything in that house was blessed because of the glory of God that was there. Saul never went to inquire of it. Saul never had a desire of it. Saul never sought to go get it. Because, see, Saul was not interested in seeking first the kingdom of God. Saul got interested in the kingship. Saul got interested in who he was. Saul got interested in the worship of the people. Saul got interested in all the things that he had in the palace. Saul got interested in his own house and was never concerned about the house of God. Saul, even though anointed, even though able to prophesy at different times, still, he never sought God first. But David, when he became king, before anything, he said, I want to get the ark of God back to Jerusalem where it belongs. How can I rest until I get the glory back Where it belongs. How can I enjoy my life until I get the glory back where it belongs? So David went seeking after this. David went looking for this. David made preparations. Although the first time he was unable, he was unsuccessful to bring it back because they were doing it in a way that was displeasing to God. But then he went back and he got the right information. He got the right instructions. So he starts bringing it back. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. And the Bible says in verse number 16, 
And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Micah, Saul's daughter. See, some of these spirits transfer from one generation to the next generation, to the next generation. Micah, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. She said, how glorious was the king today. Oh, you made a complete idiot out of yourself. How could you be so foolish to throw off your royal garments on the ground and dance before the ark of the Lord? You see, she was elevated to power. She was elevated to success because of where she was born. She never sought the anointing of God. She never learned to put God first. She was raised by a man who just was elevated to king without the, without the commitment to God. So she, that's all she had before her. So I want to tell you parents, be careful what spirit you transfer to your children. Be careful what you teach them about the house of God. Be careful what you teach them about your brother and your sister. Be careful what you teach them about the respect for the ministry and the respect for God's house and the respect for the glory and the power of God. You see, she never got there. She never had an understanding. But David said, hey, I was just a common shepherd boy and I sought after God and I made a commitment to God and God anointed me and God elevated me and God put me in this position. And if you think I've seen people snicker at people worshiping Running the aisles, what good does that do? Shouting, what good does that do? Leaping for joy, how silly is that? That's not necessary. That's not dignified. That doesn't do anything for us. That's just emotions. Amen. I want to tell you it is emotion, but it's happening that happens on the inside that caused something to start going on the outside. Amen. The reason why I shout is I know where I would be if it was not for God. The reason why I lift my hands is David said, hey, I know I'd still be tending to the sheep if it was not for the anointing of God. I come to tell you today, church, we we must always put God first. <laughs> Laugh at me. Make fun of me. When I'm dancing before the glory of God. 
when I throw off my coat on the ground and I dance before the glory of God. You see, you had a daddy that never taught you the direction and how to act in the presence of God. But I know what God has done for me. Come on, I wish somebody in this place today would get an understanding and take a trip back down memory lane. I'd be on drugs. I'd be on alcohol. I'd be smoking cigarettes. I'd be divorced. My family would be in shambles if it was not for the glory of God. Laugh if you want to. Make fun if you want to. Call us holy rollers if you want to. But I've been blessed. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. God's been good to me. God's been merciful to me. God saved me. God gave me a chance at life. Hallelujah! Somebody ought to worship Him right now. Somebody ought to give Him some glory in His house right now. Thank you for saving me. Hallelujah! 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 David never forgot... The blessings of God. And where he would be without God. And without God's blessings. Amen. But you know what happened to Michael, Saul's daughter? Her womb was shut up. Some of you, it seems like the blessings of God has been shut off in your life. God's blessings is just like all of a sudden it it just something happened and it feels like won't you go back and inspect your life and make sure you haven't put anything before God make sure you're doing things like God has called you to do make sure you got things in order like God wants you to have them in order Make sure, make sure everything is sured up in your life. No more children to Micah. No more children to the lineage of Saul. Because she was passed something down. From the previous generation. And she never realized the importance of it. Now I know all the young people was not in here. And I wish they were in here to hear this at this time. But some of you have been passed down this heritage. I have been passed down this great heritage. The oneness of God. Knowing that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Knowing that Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know the reason why I can quote that Scripture? You know the reason why I can quote one God's Scriptures? It's not because of what I did 
But it's because of what I was taught as a little child. There's a right way. There's a right way. I have been handed things down to me and I am so thankful for it. But in that transfer, there had to be a personal commitment. And to you today, that has been a transfer. A transfer with no commitment does you absolutely no good. But you must make a commitment to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all of these things, all of these things will be added unto you. But before you can be elevated, you must be faithful. Before you can be anointed, you must make a commitment. These are things that are important to our walk with God and to being what God would have us to be. And I want to tell you today, if you don't know God in the power of the Holy Ghost, and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. You've never been forgiven of your sins. You've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Let me tell you by experience. This is not something that I have heard about. But this is something that I have experienced. There is no feeling in this entire world that can ever describe the feeling of lifting your hands and being forgiven. There is no feeling that can ever describe the feeling of opening your mouth and the power of the Holy Ghost speaking through you as you are filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. There is absolutely no feeling to standing in the baptistry and letting somebody put you under in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and you come out a new creature. All of those things that would have you bound, all of those things that would have you loaded down and heavy with guilt and shame and agony and pain, they're all washed away by calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're looking for somebody to come complain about serving God, you're looking at the wrong place. If you're looking about somebody to pity patty and feel sorry because they made a commitment to God, you're looking at the wrong place. But if you're looking for a satisfied customer in Jesus Christ, I don't regret one day of serving God. I don't regret the day that I committed to God. And I want to tell you, God can do the very same thing for each and every one of you. Oh, that I may know Him. I wish you would have a desire as we all stand today. I'm getting ready to quit. If y'all just play something, please. As we close today, think about the things that you have accomplished in life. Think about the things that God has helped you accomplish today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things 
shall be added unto you. If you don't know God and the power of the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you there's a better life. Drugs is not the answer. Alcohol is not the answer. Another relationship is not the answer. But I want to tell you the answer today. The answer is Jesus Christ. It is making a commitment to Him. And saying, here I am, God. I'm Yours. I surrender to You. I want to be what You would have me to be. I want You first in my life. Today, I want to do exactly what I've done last Sunday. If you have a desire that you want to seek after the things of God first, I want you to step out from where you're standing. Make your way to this front. Lift your hands toward God. God, I really, I really want to put you first in my life. I really want you to be number one in my life. I know at times, God, I have sought after things more than I've sought after the glory of God. More than I committed to you, I committed my ways to other things, God. But today, I want to make a recommitment, a new desire, a new determination. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't somebody lift your voice unto the Lord right now? Help me, Holy Ghost. More of you, God. That's what I seek after. That's what I long for. The Spirit of David, not the Spirit of Saul. The Spirit of David, not the Spirit of Michael. The Spirit of David, God, is what I want. Help me, Holy Ghost. I want to seek after You. Oh, that I I could just have the glory of God back in my home. If I could just have the presence of God in my home. God can do that for you today. God can help you today. God can strengthen you today. God can pour His blessings out to you today. Hallelujah. Everything that I am, God, everything that I have, I surrender to You, Lord. All to You, my blessed Savior. I surrender to You. Somebody lift your hands right now and surrender to God. My self-will, my desire. Some things is not the devil in our life. It's our own fleshly desire. My desire, my self-will, my opinions. I surrender it all to You, God. Everything that I am, everything that I have, I give to You, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time, every head bowed, every eye closed, every hand lifted. Let's worship God together. Oh, I love You, I love You, I love You, Jesus. I worship you, God. I'm